Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom and the things they've learned along the way. Entrepreneur Elliot Shuttleworth set up his first business, Gym Squad, when he was in university. It was so successful, this is what you do with successful businesses, was to sell it, which allowed him to set up a new business, Flip Out, in 2015. Flip Out was one of the first trampoline parks in the UK, making Elliot £12 million or thereabouts. Following such a successful start, and clearly with a talent for making business ventures successful, Elliot set up Raffle in 2018 to create and raise awareness for non-profit organisations and charities. Seeing an opportunity from the huge amount that the UK donates to charity every year, over £9.7 billion last year alone, he set up his innovative new venture, which basically is a prize draw that allows ticket buyers the chance to win once-in-a-lifetime experiences in return for their generosity. With the motto, it's good to give, it shows the very best of entrepreneurialism, allowing Elliot to not only reap the rewards for his own hard work, but allowing others to benefit too. What an amazing thing to be doing. So what can I say? Great guest today, Elliot Shuttleworth. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you're extremely busy, but it's very kind of you to give up your time. So welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Hello. No problem at all. So um, there's lots of people who want to know all about what you're doing at the moment. But before we get there, at what age did you realise you had this kind of entrepreneurial flair? Oh, gosh. Um, I wouldn't say, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say that I've ever thought myself a proper entrepreneur. Actually, I don't typically ever describe myself as that. Just a, just a business person. Because I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a talent that you either do or you don't have. I think that a lot of it just, stuff just happens, I think. Stuff just happens, you plan well for it, you you do your best, and hopefully that, that thing leads on to a better thing. But I wouldn't say I've ever looked at myself in the mirror and gone, gosh, you are a great entrepreneur. The one thing that strikes me about all successful people that I've met so far, they're all really modest, and you clearly are as well. So you're there you are at university, and you have this epiphany this great idea how do you how on earth do you start a process because there's lots of people Elliot that listen to this who kind of go I've got this great idea and then you say to them how long have you had the great idea and they say oh 10 years um so (laughs) so so the process of transitioning from a place to another one how does that even start just being really reckless my honest answer is always just be really reckless we love that we love (laughs) honest answers because um so for example so I went to university so finished finished always done okay at school um went off to university mainly because I didn't want a proper job. You know, you, you're 18 and you go, I can either go to university where I've heard it's a big party or I could go out into the big scary wide world and I've got to get a proper job and move out and, you know, that's difficult. That sounds really difficult. So always choose the easiest path. I went to university and I at the time I was really into the gym. So I really liked my fitness. Um it just so happened that all the... So I went to Aston University in Birmingham, great university. It was. <laughs> um, and there was no gym at the time. This is, God, this is 2008. So there was no gym that was... 
they were all really expensive. You know, it was the time when, you know, you had to talk with fitnesses and LA fitnesses and they were all like 45, 50 pound a month. And all I was doing was using a tiny little section in the corner to do my weights. And then I'd go run outside and things. So I thought, why doesn't someone just set up a really cheap gym that's just weights, just for students, so it's not intimidating, charge like £10 a month and crack on with it. And nobody had and nobody thought of doing it. So just, yeah, just decided to do it. So I went to the bank, um, went to the bank, had a first initial conversation, and I said, what do you, you, know, what do you need to, to give me £35,000? What do you need to see from me? And they said, oh, a really good business plan. So I went away and put together a really good business plan. And it was like 100 pages and mainly complete waffle, complete nonsense. <laughs> but it had loads of bright colours. All the best business yep. plans are. It had loads of bright colours, loads of diagrams, and I put on a fancy suit and I went in, asked for £35,000. And this is probably why the banks are in so much trouble. That day, they said yes. Like from first meeting to seeing the business We've plan. We've not had one of our 56 guests so far, Elliot, talk about how to put a business plan together. You've just answered it brilliantly. And there's so many people now who will be compiling 100-page business plans with 96 pages of waffle and, and, it's, and lovely diagrams. it's so true because one thing that I have learned, and look, the banks have helped me out so much along the way, but, you know, the banks, they don't have time to read all those things. So if you put together what looks like a professional document and throw some facts out there, that's all they need to hear. They just need to tick some boxes in their own head, pass it on to the credit team. Does it make sense? Could it potentially work? Are we going to lose any money? Probably not, right? Put the money in the account. Amazing. So, uh, so university entrepreneur or not, as the case may be, depends on how you see yourself. Uh, and then, um, and then the next thing that comes along. So we had, so we had Jim Squid for um, two and a half years. Went really well. It was an excellent lifestyle business, and like some of my happiest memories are still from back. You know, when I was eighteen, you you come into work hungover, you finish work, you go out. And oh, it was just such a great life, but a proper lifestyle business and it could never scale, it could never grow. You know, it was me and my business partner uh, that owned it. We were never going to make enough money from it. So we either had to choose to replicate it and do it elsewhere, but the business was a lot about our time. So that was difficult. And then we had an offer from someone to buy it and it was just the time and was really right for it. So we kind of sold it at that at that juncture. And at that point, uh, my business partner decided that he'd had enough of, of sunny Wolverhampton and he wanted to travel abroad. I don't know why, but he went to Australia for a year. So he went to Australia, and so he used his money to travel the world. I used my some of my money um, to buy a nice car, which I wrote off within like two months, which was frustrating. Of course, of course, yeah. that reckless behaviour. Yeah. Um, and then I um, kind of saved that money up, and then got a, got myself like a a proper job, as it were, like a sales job. Did that for six months. Realised that proper jobs are really difficult. It's much more fun to work for yourself. Um, so then he came back from Australia and then it, it literally, as soon as he landed, I picked him up from the airport and I was like, right, what are we doing next? Um, and then, so we were going to do a gyms on a bigger scale because we were both really into fitness at the time. It was really nice. I think, I'm sure that a lot of people listening are like, oh, I'd like a gym. It's a nice lifestyle business. So we looked at doing like a franchise model to really roll them out, make some proper money. Went to the franchise show and we saw this just be just before the proper like a proper one of those stories that you can't quite believe happened. So we'd gone done the franchise fair, looked at everything. We just wanted a bit of inspiration for what was trending at the moment. Didn't want to do a franchise, no intention of doing a franchise. And um, the last stall on the way out was like some. It looked like some guy had just turned up with a table and was just standing on him on his own. And he was doing trampoline parks. He was trying to bring trampoline parks from Australia to the UK. And we just ended up chatting with him. Went for a few beers with him. Um, 
And then we decided, you know what, this trampoline idea, is, it's got legs, we think. It's something new. It could go completely wrong, but there was, and at this point, there was no trampoline parks in the UK. And um, yeah, we just decided to, to take a leap of faith. We did that. A very similar story. Went to the bank, put together a really fancy business plan with a lot of colours. Use the same business plan. Yeah, use the same business plan. Just changed the name on the front. <laughs> um, and we're able to, to, and the stars kind of aligned for that as well. So the guy we were speaking to within the bank lived locally to where we wanted to open it. He had two twin daughters who just so happened to love trampolining and always complained to the dad that there was nowhere to go trampolining locally. And he, as we were speaking to him, he got a promotion to like head of credit for the UK and Ireland. So we just got really lucky in that regard. So he ended up giving us far more money than he probably should have done. Um, and then we just, we rolled with it from there. I, w- I want to touch it, if I may, Elliot, on this word lucky. Um, we've heard a few people use that word and I know lots of listeners would say, oh, well, Elliot just got lucky. Do you really believe that it's the case that the stars are suddenly aligning? You happen to be the the guy in the right place at the right time. Because respectfully, my suggestion is that you put yourself in a position for that to have happened. Yeah, absolutely. Is that fair? 100% agree. Yeah, you've got to, like, because I would say I've been unlucky a lot as well. Like some of the things that have happened in my business career, I'm like, oh, if that had just gone a slightly different way, I'd be, I wouldn't be working again. So you, I get unlucky a lot. So you have to put yourself in the position. And that comes down to, like like you said, alluded to at the start, a lot of people are like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Well, if you just do it and you put yourself in that position, you're more likely to get lucky than not. Because if you're not in that position to begin with, then mm. there's no way you're ever going to get lucky, as it were. So you meet the guy, you sell the dream to the bank. Yep. You start your, your flip out business. Yep. And then all of a sudden there's 400 of them. Oh, gosh, yeah, so that was rubbish. Um, so we opened the third one in the UK, and it did. So And so me and my business partner come from a very humble background, you know, like um, when we were when going to uni, it was like, oh, you know, I'd be really happy if I could just come out and, and earn 50K a year and have a really nice life and this and that. And then those ambitions, you know, change rapidly, very quickly. But from those ambitions, I remember in the first, in the first month of opening Flip Out, we'd taken 50 grand, like from from nothing, we'd taken fifty grand in a month. Um, that when no one knew about us, and then we opened the second one, we took seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds in in the first thirty days of trading. Um, so it just it just blew up. It went crazy. Everybody, and I'm sure the listeners know. You know, you'll have, you'll have everybody. I would say ninety percent of people listening has probably gone to a trampoline park or know about a trampoline park. So they just exploded onto the scene, which was really good for awareness, and we were a really good one. Obviously, crazy competition, crazy competition. So instead, so if you say you know the UK, we had hypothetically we had a third of sixty million people in in year one. Then we had, oh gosh, I can't do the maths, but like one percent, less than one percent of the sixty million people in year two. So that just made it so difficult. And because it was such a massive land grab, the big mistake we made is that, so we had no money. We had no money to start with. And then we lent the money to open the trampoline park. It went really well. It was all looking great on paper. So we put every single penny that we made into the next one um, and lent more money from the bank to do it. And that still wasn't enough. So then we went to asset finance people and said, could you finance this, please? Look at the numbers. It all makes a lot of sense. Ended up lending money at like 24%. Um, on average, and then so it always going really well, but then you know hundreds of them started opening in that next twelve months, and the margins went. And unfortunately, um, you know we went from doing a million pound EBITDA and making half a million pound to doing a million pound EBITDA and making 
like £100 on, on the million pound you are. So frustrating, um, but I guess things catch up with you and you've, you've, it made me realise that you've just, you've got to be so hot and you've got to evolve so quickly and the only way to carry on being successful is to make the market your own or carry on evolving or or set them up and flip them really quickly. Mm. Wow, that's um, that's quite a journey. So uh, just take us now to the present day. Tell okay. us about Raffle. So that Raffle. Is, that is a really, really clever idea. I'd like to think so. And that's like the sort of, um, when people say, because I, as, as I'm sure you do and lots of people listening, they have brilliant ideas all the time. They're like, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. And I certainly have them all the time, or I think I do. But this one was just something so I was still involved in the trampoline parks and I still had a full-time job there and it just and I don't know how but I just thought of it one day and I just thought I can't not do this so I literally a week later resigned as as a director from the trampoline parks like with with zero behind me and decided that I had to do this idea so raffle is so simple um, and it just it rewards people for doing good so as you alluded to um, in, in the intro um, you know, the UK gave £9.7 billion to charity last year. And giving money to charity is a really good, noble thing to do. Like, you know, if you're giving £20, £30, £40 to charity, it's a, it should be rewarded, as it were. You know, we, we reward people for buying multiple coffees now. Hmm. Like, you should get rewarded for, for donating to charity. So we simply reward people that donate to charity. So instead of um, just giving your money to charity, as it were, and feeling good about it, we reward people with the chance to win incredible things. So, um, we yeah, we fundraise for incredible causes by giving away incredible experiences and kind of proper exclusive experiences. Like? What, what oh, can we gosh. win if we give money what to one of the charities? Win? So one, uh, so something great we're doing at the moment, so we're working with the Back on Track charity. So every year they do like a celebrity go-karting event, So which is quite an inclusive event. You know, it's just teams of celebrities that go racing around, around a track for a day. Um, you know, you've got a team of Stiggs, you've got Andrew McLean, you've got some like really big celebrities racing. And all we've done is given... So anyone that donates to the Back on Track charity this month, um, so July or August has the chance of winning a team in that celebrity go-karting okay. day. So you get to go along to the day, you get to meet all the celebrities, you get to race against a team of Stigs, like a really cool prize, and it'll raise so much money for back on track that they wouldn't have raised anyway, and mm. obviously one lucky winner will get to have that exclusive, incredible experience. So everyone's a winner there. So you know you're raising money, and if you're going to give money anyway, why not get rewarded for it? So you're it? giving people a reason... On top of the reason. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, people donate because extra they want shove. to feel good. Yeah, yeah. It's just that extra little bit, isn't it? Because, you know, if we can take the average donation from £10 to £11 per person, that over uh, that over 10,000 people is a whole lot of money for, yeah. for a really good cause. Well, based on the current levels of giving, 9.4 billion, throw 10% on top of that. That's exactly. an extraordinary amount of money exactly. to, to do great things in, in the world. So what advice, Elliot, would you give to, a, you know, a younger person um, looking to set up their own business venture because you've got a very diverse range of experiences. Oh, yeah. It would be fair to say. Yep. And um, what advice would I give? Um, apart from the great business plan. <laughs> apart from a colourful. Have you have you thought plan. about doing an online business plan, hundred page waffle oh, plan? Gosh. With a few no, but that diagrams. would be a great idea, wouldn't it? We yeah. Just design like, business plans for people. I don't people. know if I could charge anything for it now, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good what cover. If, what What would I What would I advice would I give? Just do it, like it's especially when you're young. You know, you've like, and people people always think they've got something to lose, and like, so I'm I'm a dad, like three three kids, um, a mortgage to pay for, a wife that 
she doesn't think so, but it's very expensive. Like, How old are your kids? Um, tw- oh, gosh, I should know this off the top of my head. I'm going to go for 12, 8, and 2. One <laughs> well, of those just going close it, enough. It, we'll just guess. Yeah. And what are their names? Um, so g- Tilly, Daisy, and Bella. We'll give them all a shout out because yeah. they'll be listening to this in due course. So Hopefully. Hi, kids. I'm not sure. The oldest one doesn't like me at the moment. So. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> she might not listen. I was, just by virtue of the fact that she's a young lady. So, that, yes. You know, that's true. So what advice do I give? You've, you've got nothing to lose at a, at a young age. Like, I, I was, that's where I was going with that ramble. Like, so a year ago, obviously, I still had three children. Um, and I took a gamble to kind of do, just go out on a limb and try something. I'm sure at a younger age, you know, 16, 17, 18 year olds have got a lot less to lose. So why mm. not do it? What, so what, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, if you do it and you fail, so what? You've learned something. Try mm. again, try again. And if you, and, and if you get bored of trying then go get a job. It's interesting, Elliot, because I hear a lot of people on this show talk about, say, articulates what you've just said, often in different ways, but then people kind of go, well, you know, they would, they can. it's easy for them to say that because they've done it. But the reality is, just by doing it, uh, oftentimes, I don't know if it's the same in your experience, oftentimes the fear of the outcome is never what happens in reality anyway. Oh, no, definitely not, because, because something never truly fails. Like, I've not met... Um, so in, in Raffle, for example, we, we spent a lot of time fundraising and hunting around for money and investors. And I met loads of people that were doing their own businesses. Um, so no, no businesses ever truly fail, you know, some just pivot. Um, so you get to a junk, you get to a junction, you go, oh, it's not quite happening as I thought it would. Let's just pivot and try something else. So it's just an evolution. And even with, even with Raffle, the original concept was, was miles away from what it is now. We were doing like penny raffles and it was completely different. And then we tried that for a while. I even I even went door to door, like trying to prove the concept, and the concept worked in some regards and it didn't in others. So then we pivoted, we changed, and you evolve. So I think it's just um, you just got to go out because if you never try, so so corny, isn't it? But if you never try, you'll never know. Like, how do you know whether it's a good idea or not? It's interesting people say that's corny. I've heard that mentioned before, but I don't think it's in the least bit corny because all the successful people keep mentioning it. So yeah. I think there's got to be an element must be of some, truth must be in something it. true to it, yeah. And what about um, support networks? You know, your lovely wife, I'm sure she's been the kind of your your backbone, as it were. Um, how important are, are, are good people around you when you're looking to build a business or sustain a business or pivot, as you say? Being completely honest, I think it depends what kind of a person you are. Because if I... If because if I and she won't admit it, but if I ask my wife right now, what would you prefer that I did? Go on this crazy journey mm. on a business that might make loads of money but might not make any money, or go get a proper nine to five. She'd say go get a proper nine to five. Oh, would she? Oh, hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. But it depends what kind of person you are because for me, um, you get and what people don't realise, like with my friends and things, like oh you. You know, you either you've got lucky to do that, or oh, it's lucky that you met that person. But they don't hear the stories about the thousands of no's you get. Mm. You know, like so many no's. And for me personally, the more no's I get, the more driven I am. You know, if I sit in front of someone, I never forget. I went um, when I was raising money. I don't know if you know this either. Um, so when I was raising money for raffle, um, I was messaging people on LinkedIn, just finding out if who would be willing to throw some cash in. And a guy from Bristol. A message back saying, oh, it sounds like a good concept. I'm interested, I think. Do you want to come for a meeting? And at the time, I was spending time up in Manchester. So jumped to my car, and it's not a particularly economical car. Jumped to my car and went down a few days later. So it was like a... And I got caught by traffic, so it was like an eight-hour drive. Went all the way down to Bristol, met this guy, and explained the concept to him face-to-face. This was in about... It was in a private members club in Bristol. This was in about seven minutes in. And he just looked at me square in the eyes, and he went, this is a truly 
terrible idea. <laughs> Do not spend another second of your time on this idea. It is abysmal. And that was it. That was the end of it. I was like, well, this is a nice 16 hour round trip. And like you and that's and that's that was an extreme version of something that happened. But I, 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 by the same token, on the like probably a month like a month after that, I had exactly the same experience with a VC. And I didn't realise at the time that it was never going to fit in with a VC. But I got invited down to London, jumped on the slow, cheap train from Stafford, like three and a half hours, got down there. And at the start of the meeting, he was like, look, I'm really busy today. You've got six minutes of my time. In six minutes, I want you to tell me how you're going to take my investment from X to 100 times X in the next 36 months. And I was like, I'm not. That's not that's not the model, so I'm not going to do that. And he was like, oh, well, unfortunately, that's all we look for. So thanks very much for your time, but I'm going to crack on now. I was like, wow, that is... And it was frustrating to me because it was like, we could have done that over the phone, you know, like I'm not the coming from a sales background. Mm. I'm never the type of person to just go have meetings for meetings' sake. Like I always try pre qualify things, but you know when you get to that stage and people, everyone's saying no, even a maybe, people are like, oh, you want to go have that meeting because you think I can convince that person. But yeah, so there's loads of loads of instances like that. You get loads of no's, but you just have to keep going. But back to your original question of having a good support network. So yeah, my my uh, wife is super supportive when stuff like that happens. But so, so my business partner is as well, Matt. Um, and there was a couple of times that because because the wife desperately wants me to go nine to five, sometimes I won't tell her all the bad stuff that happens. Right. So I'll, but I'll tell Matt. I'll be like, look, this just happened today, and do you know what? <laughs> pretty sick of it so she doesn't say told you so yeah exactly yeah. Um, which I know she never would yeah. Um, but yeah so if I'll go I'll say to Matt look this just happened I've been kicked a couple of times this month like just come on tell me it's a good idea but does your wife balance you then I mean she is, does, that, is she that does, the benefit yeah. you know yeah, keep, yeah. keep you grounded keep, keeps me really grounded and my parents as well so um, my parents my mum has her own business and so does my dad um, with with and they've had a few different businesses with varying degrees of success. Oh, there's some entrepreneurial genes then. Um, see, they would never call themselves entrepreneurial either because my mum's business was a franchise and the franchise really let her down, so she had to she had to go it alone. Um, and my dad, he worked in like proper corporate world until he was 54. And then when I came to him um, or when we spoke about, when I said I'd been to the franchise fair and we were thinking about doing trampolines, he was like... I'm going to quit my job. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, oh, well, I've always wanted to have my own business. You know, I'm sure you'll need a bit of help. And I was like, your dad, you can't just... Because he was on like, and I won't go into details, but he was on a really good salary, mm. like that paid for a lot of nice things for him to do. And he was like, I'm going to quit it. I said, you can't do that. But he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so you're He's... suddenly suddenly the pressure on you just oh, increased God. tenfold. Oh, yeah. yeah his dad's now involved. Yeah, because so we, we had to lend a lot of money to do the trampoline parks. We lent like a million pounds um, and I have I had no assets. So I put as much, I put the cash in, as it were. Me and my business partner put the cash in, but my parents put their house on the line. Wow. So it, all of a sudden it went from a bit of a joke of, oh, let's just try trampolines because it's fun and new to my parents' house was on the line. So that's pressure, but I think it's good. I think it's really good to have, you should put pressure on yourselves because what I find a lot of people, I have loads of friends that do a business but don't actually tell any of us about it because they're, because they're embarrassed. What if it fails? Oh, I was going to set it up, but you know, if it fails, I'd be embarrassed about it. But put that pressure on yourself. Tell everyone about it because that, that's what I've done with Raffle. I've said to everyone like unashamedly, look, 
I want this business to be a hundred million pound business in the next five years. Like that is the goal. And if I've not done that, I feel like I failed. And it's, I don't want someone to turn around in four years and go, well, that was rubbish. So what I'm hearing, Elliot, is you put yourself in a position where you've suddenly made yourself accountable to lots and lots of people. Yeah, because you, you can't go to the pub and if someone goes, how's Raffle going? Oh, not that on the head. Yeah. Didn't fancy that. You like, you've got, because it's hard work. It's really hard work. It's mm. so much harder working for yourself than for someone else. Because if you work for someone else, nine to five, you clock in, you clock out, you don't think about it. When you work for yourself, you think about it all the time and it's draining, mm. but you get, you know, you get the ups that you don't get working for someone else. So with the, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to argue the case about whether you're an entrepreneur or not, but um, businessman, whatever you want to call yourself, clearly you're not going to just stop there. You've got a hundred million pound business after five years, but it seems to me that there's something embryonic in your brain thinking, right, what else can I do? And maybe got a few ideas sloshing around. Oh, definitely. Anything aspirationally that you're looking to do? Um, I would eventually, I would love to get into... I always said the dream would be would be to create something like Bourneville. For me, anyway, personally, to create a little village that's almost self-sustaining and, you know, it's got a real purpose. Like, you're creating it for a reason. Like, I love the Alzheimer villages and things that they're doing over in Scandinavia. Love the idea of that. Like, creating a big physical thing. I think that's just a proper, like, chauvinist man thing to do i think to want to build something really big that no one can avoid um so that's the dream eventually but loads of different things like i'd love to i'd love to become like an investor and have loads of little businesses going on i think some people just really like business mm. i think that's what an entrepreneur is actually someone that you know just really enjoys doing business because my wife's always like you know you're, you're working again at midnight you're not bored of that by now I'm like no it's so exciting isn't it and you got to, you almost you've almost got to pretend that you hate it yeah. You're like, oh, I can't believe I'm having to work late again. Don't think we should let your wife and my <laughs> no. partner speak to each <laughs> <No>. other. <laughs> All we'll this tears. Yeah, but it's true, isn't it? Like, occasionally it's a bit draining, but 99% of the time it's like, oh, gosh, this is so much fun. Because mm. it's like a real life. You know, everyone has, when they're young, you, you either play The Sims or for me it was Football Manager, like a proper platform game. It's, that's what business is. It's a little platform game. You're either you're either take, taking stocks at each of the Europa League final, or you're getting relegated for the third time in a row. So Stoke City's the team, is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and one of our first raffles is with Stoke City as well. So you can you get the chance to you know go in the dressing room before the game, and for a Stoke fan, like that's a really big thing to do. Well, good but... luck raising the two pound fifty for that. <laughs> I have heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but but it, everyone, I know loads of people love a day out at Stoke. <laughs> seriously, but and that's the thing. Everyone has their own thing, and that's what we've learned along the way. You know, you have the generic raffles like, oh, wouldn't it be great to raffle off breakfast with Brad Pitt? Yes, that would be super relevant, and everyone would love that. But for me personally, like lunch with Peter Crouch would mm. be so much better than lunch with Brad Pitt. And like everyone has their own thing. I mean, are you a sports fan? I'm actually glad I am, but I'm actually glad you said what you just said because you know, if you were if you were dreaming about lunch with Brad Pitt, I'd be seriously worried. But um, <laughs> so yeah, I get I, I get the fact you like lunch with Crouchy, and he's got quite a good podcast as well. Albeit yeah. they just talk about football and nothing else. So yeah, I'm a I'm a diehard Manchester United fan. So okay, I'm not a million so, miles away from each other. So for you, and interestingly, one of the one of the reasons for Raffle came about through this. So in my in my bedroom at home. I have three football shirts on the wall. One is a signed Peter Crouch shirt. 
one is a signed Stoke City shirt and one is a signed shirt by Charlie Adam as well for when he okay. was at uh, Stoke. Um, and in my wardrobe, just at the back of it, scrumpled up in a pile, is a signed shirt from Fergie's last season at Old Trafford with everyone assigned it, like Van Persie. Everyone from Fergie's last season is screwed up on a ball in a pile at the back of my wardrobe. Right, let's end the podcast right now. We'll have a conversation about how much you're going to sell it for. And 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 that's the thing, though, isn't it? Because and I got given that just as a thank you because we did some we did some charity work and it was just given to me as a thank you. And I was like, oh. And um, a couple of weeks later, um, we I had a foot golf business as well. So his foot golf was getting big in the UK. I opened a foot golf business, and because um, we'd done some charity work for Stoke City, they were like, oh, we'll send Joe Allen down. And he'll come open it for you. You can have a round of foot golf with Joe Allen. It's like, that's the best thing ever. <laughs> um, and so these things that people are happy to give away if you're doing good things, for 99% of the UK, like they never get the chance to do. Like I feel really lucky and really privileged to be in a situation where we get all these nice things offered to us for or a thank you for what we do. But most people never get the opportunity to do stuff like that. Mm. And I'm sure someone somewhere would pay me some good money for that United shirt. And I don't even want it. Like it's... Everyone has their own thing, don't yeah, they? Yeah. So as obscure as the... Because our raffles are always run with celebrities or influencers or influential people. Like, there will be someone that would give a lot of money to be sitting where I am right now speaking to you. They'd be like, oh, I listen to this podcast every week. I absolutely love it. I love Sandro. I'd love to sit in the booth with him. How, why don't we do that? Why don't we <sighs> raffle one? Exactly. And it would, and, but it would. And then you get to choose a charity of your choice. Mm-hmm. And all that money goes and you know you've done a really good thing and the winner here is going to be absolutely ecstatic. And that's the kind of thing we do because everyone has something. Good for you. That's, that's amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so uh, how do we find out about Elliot Shuttleworth? Um, I'm pretty boring, but Raffle is much more interesting. So Raffle it is. So, um, so we're at all our social uh, tags are at Raffle Prizes, but Raffle is spelled R-A-F-F-U-L. So everything's at Raffle Prizes, or you can just search Raffle and we'll come I'm up. I'm going to go and check it out right if now. Our, it sounds really SEO good. If our guy does any, a good job. <laughs> it sounds really good. Um, final question. We ask all our guests one common question, Elliot, and it is this. Uh, you're, a, you're a young man, so it'd be harder for you to think about it in this way. But let's imagine uh, one of those lovely kids has grown up and says, right, Dad, I'm 16. I'm thinking about starting my own business or going out into the big wide world. Give me a few words of fatherly wisdom to help me on my way, what fatherly wisdom would you give them? Just make sure you enjoy it. So simple. Just make sure you enjoy it. And as soon as you stop enjoying it, do something else. That is, yeah, leave it there. Because that was, I wouldn't say profound, but that's absolutely on the money. Because I think we hear that from lots and lots of people. Um, enjoying the journey is a really important part of the process. So, um I don't know what to say apart from thank you. I've got so much from today, genuinely, and I'm sure everyone listening has too. So I have to say thank you on behalf of everyone listening. I'm sure you'll get inundated with uh, with requests to partner with you in some way or possibly even fighting over the Manchester United shirt. Um, <laughs> but Elliot Shuttleworth, thank you so much for joining us today on the Sandro 40 podcast. It's been really, really enlightening. Thank you, Sandro. So that was the Sandro Forte podcast. And what can I say about Elliot Shuttleworth? An amazing young man. And I can say that because I'm 51. There are many more fantastic guests joining me over the coming weeks. So please make sure you subscribe if you want to pick up some more great tips on success. And remember, you can follow us on social media at Sandro's podcast and Elliot's three kids too. Same on all channels. And we'd love to hear your stories, ideas, anecdotes, challenges, or whatever motivates you. Keep the emails coming. Hello at sandrospodcast.com. And if you can, 
please leave a review on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. And please don't forget to connect with me on social media in the usual way, Sandro Forte and most of the channels. Until next week, see you soon. (laughs) 